entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Turn the music up, turn me down. Google. Let's go get him again. This time is for the money, my nigga. Brooklyn, stand up. Never been a nigga this good, but it's long, this hood, or this pop, this hot, or this strong, with so many different flows. This one's for this song. The next one I'll the money make up. Dude, that might mm. again, again, <laughs> again. It might be the theme again, man. I, I really think it might be. Like, I really, really think it might be. But like, what is your? Uh, you know, I want to know what. What are you? What are you doing right now? Like, I know you got a little cut and shit. <laughs> shout, out, shout out the country. Yeah, shout out the country. Got and me you back. Told, you told me you was in the chair getting your therapy on. Talk about how how you hate moving around, all crutched up and shit. Bro, it's disgusting, man. And like <laughs> now that my foot has been in a boot so long, I've now got plantar fasciitis. So now my whole foot is like achy. So like it's it's hell. Like, I can't wait till next Thursday to when I go for my my checkup. And hopefully that means to start a PT. Because this sitting around and letting things linger is is making me go crazy, dog. Like, um, um, I need I had to get a cut today to, like, feel like me again. Like, it had to rejuvenate me. Like, it was, it was bad out here. But in real life, you like Billy Geiger McCullough right now. No. Yeah, I mean they had plantar fasciitis and all that shit. Like, yeah, but like you and your Sixers, I guess. Don't even you. I don't even know why you're doing that because you know that's a volatile situation. So I don't. Oh, I mean, is it? I mean, volatile is a thing in the NBA now, bro. Like, why you? You mean everybody in this room? Why you being weird to me, DeAndre Ayton? Why you being weird to me, Mister Sarver? Like. Where's my where's my money? <laughs> pay me my money. <laughs> pay me my money. It's like I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing over there. Like I guess he's like always been this cheap, historically cheap owner, and I get that. But like you also in one hand, like you just open the checkbook up to, to Mikhail Bridges, which is a very smart thing to do. He's a key piece. Shout out to him getting that bread. But like chill, you chill on that though. I got PTSD on that shit too. So just, just so you know. Oh, I forgot he was a sixer yeah. for like a couple of hours. Yeah, he was all yeah. oh, mainline Nova. My <laughs> guy, they said, "Got you, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> got you." I mean, shout out to him getting the bread though, because he's tough and he's. They try to put him in that three and D only box, and I don't like that because he can do a little bit more, but. I don't know how you like how do you feel about that? Because like you're also a fan of a team who has had to come to grips with extending or not extending players. Yeah. Based off of, you know, future potential, future value with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. And like it looks like the Suns are trying to not pay the guy who got them, not did not got them to the finals, but set historic numbers against Giannis while, you know, they ended up losing. He still was considered, you know, oh, this guy is doing great against Giannis and defensive rotations here and there. But now it's like uh, they're not trying to pay. I mean, I don't know if it's more so. And, and I know the narrative, obviously, that's out there is that Phoenix isn't trying to pay him. I don't know if they're not trying to pay him or if they're more so trying to make sure – that he is who he is, right? Um, if we look back, DeAndre Ayton coming out of Arizona, star for sure. First overall pick, guaranteed. And they already had Devin you know Booker. They lost. 
True, but I'm just saying, like, they grabbed him. They had Devin Booker grabbed him. They're trying to build something. Got Mikel Bridges as well. Um, and both of them in the same draft. I think it's weird. I, I, if they didn't pay Bridges and Landry Shamit, I would think it's more so a money thing. But I think it's more so a talent thing, um, whether or not they're going to invest in DeAndre Ayton. Like, we can't also forget that just a few years ago, he got in trouble for the PED thing. And he was out a decent amount of games. So, you know, those are a lot of things lingering in management's mind about, are we going to fully invest in a guy like this? Can we truly trust him? And a situation like Ben Simmons is one that's making a lot of owners, you know, really think hard about who they're giving their money to. So um, I just think management um, is really trying to figure out if this is a key piece that they're going to invest in. And that's understandable. I mean, he's grown year to year. You obviously drafted him for a reason, although, you know, he had he's in a draft class of like the new age stars, though. So he's yeah. looking around and like one. Y'all had the chance to take Luca. You didn't do it. All right, cool. I understand it. A lot of people was worrisome about him. Looks terrible now. But you went and got the big, like you didn't go, you know, you didn't go and reach and try to get Trey Young or anybody like that. You, you got the big man. Cool. So now you passed on Luca. Luca's a perennial MVP candidate every year. He's now gotten his bag. Trey Young. Ice Trey. Ice Trey the gang is fucking y'all up in a, on, a, on a big No, You always got to bring up old shit. I was talking about on a big stage, like no, in, no, like Madison Square Garden. I always no. would go to the garden and see the garden. Like, come on, yeah. big stage, ice tray. He's shimmying. He got the bag. Yeah. Ain't looking around like well, these are my contemporaries. I was the only one out of them three to go to the finals, and I had a lot to do with it. So it's like Did I get though. But that's, I think that's the question. Like, I think that's what a lot of people are missing on this. It's like, yeah, DeAndre Ayton played well. And he did play better than how he's been playing in the past. But one, that was his first playoff experience. And two, how well did he really play? Did he play well enough? Because I remember him getting blocked by Giannis Antetokounmpo and that changing the whole vibe of that game seven. Am I right or am I wrong? I mean, I don't. I don't think that has to do with how good or bad he played. That's but a, it doesn't. But but that's an NBA Finals play. Like. I get. I understand that. But at the same time, he. It's not like he carried the team. Is my point. He was never supposed to carry the team, though. But those other guys that you're talking about, right? Those other guys that got that guaranteed money. Those other guys that that put themselves on a on a unique pedestal. They carried their teams. Trey Young carried his team. Luka Doncic carried his team. Those guys carried their team. It's he's not in that conversation. Devin Booker, as different. Chris Paul carried their teams. What are you? And doing? I get that they're guards. I get it. I get it. Yeah. But at yeah, the same the time, only- but at the same time, bro, that's not. That's that's not what they saw. You, you know, cannot- you can you can only go by what they saw. But you cannot carry a team as a big man in 2021, bro. You can't? What's Who Joel Embiid about to do this year? What's we Joel Embiid about to do this year? We don't know. I, I I bet a lot of money he about to carry the team, isn't he? Okay, but even if he carries the team and don't get to the finals, is that more important than being a huge part of your team getting to the finals as a big? It's hard no. to do that. But you, he's looking that. for max money. Give me max money. Pay me what I'm worth. It's a new era. The money's going up every year. The cap's going up every year. NBA NBA TV money. Give me my money. (laughs) And if you give me the bare minimum of a max, it's still damn near two. Yeah. You don't even got to give me a full max. You got to give me something, though. Well, there's reports that they reportedly did throw like a three, four year year deal out there, but it was never like, nobody can really confirm whether that actually happened or not. 
Yeah, and that's going to be interesting to see if and when it gets done, what the number of years are, what the structure of the contract is. Because, like, not to say that this is the same situation, but the contract could be levied the same. Remember when Jeremy Lin was getting all crazy and tripping out? Yeah. He got that contract. And, like, they kind of had to give it to him because he was kind of, like, up for one. And they, like front-loaded and then back-loaded and then front-loaded his contract to make it if you play X amount of games here and do this and that, you'll get your money on the back end, more money on the back end, second year, third year type shit. Mm-hmm. Maybe they do that for him. But Aiden's not going to do that. Aiden's not going for that. Because, I mean, and here's the thing, like, I, I get why he wouldn't go for that. I mean, motherfucker, I just went to the I just went to the finals. I, t- I, I helped take you out to the finals. But I'm saying from the perspective of the business and of the team and the organization, they don't see it as that. Yeah, you are a key piece, but do I do I believe that you deserve Supermax money? Because what it, Chris Paul is only getting older. So what if I need that money to go get me a star in free agency? So like those, but that but but that but that's the organization's problem, and that's what they get paid to think about and to but weigh that, those options and to make those decisions. But you're talking from a place of an organization that is actually competent and willing to go do and spend that <laughs> money in different ways. We're talking about the same guys who were Alex Len and Dragon Bender and a whole bunch of the same motherfuckers. We're talking about an organization who has historically blew it. But they got James Jones in there, man. It's, it's Yeah, and that's going to be the thing because he knows how players feel. He's a player first. Right. So maybe he can find a way to talk him down and say, listen, bro, all the past stuff, your trials and tribulations, PD suspensions, you know, we, you kind of gave us a reason to not trust you fully. Mm-hmm. You also didn't meet the super max requirements that would give you the money of a Luka Doncic or of a Trey Young. You wasn't an all-star. You didn't, you weren't named first team all NBA, second team all NBA. It wasn't none of that. So you don't get those triggers that give you the super max Luka or the super max tray. You just gonna get the max, fam. <laughs> and after I'm James Jones, I'm gonna put my suit, flip my my, my blazer tight, button that joint up, and just sit and look at it. <laughs> Cause I ain't lying. And but I think that's what I think that's what Phoenix counted. Like that's what they're counting on. They're counting on him I'm to have that. Big, yeah, I'm not gonna say it's a big moment for him, James Jones, but. The eyes is on him now. They gotta be. <laughs> they gotta be. I think it's gonna be interesting, man. I think it's. I think it's gonna be very, very interesting to see how it all plays out. I mean, I don't think it's gonna be. I don't think Phoenix is gonna be as volatile as a situation as Philly, though. You know what I mean? Like Philly, we going. It's just it's. It's it's about to get sicker, <laughs> like. <laughs> Like it's it's just very bad right now, and I mean, are you okay? Like I hear the pain in your voice, the wave. No, if I'm okay, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. And my guys play on Wednesday night, and I'm just, you know, I'm glad to see. I'm glad that we don't have to deal with Ben in this first game. I get to see what my guy Tyrese Maxey's going to do in the starting starting lineup. Can't wait to see that. But I mean, we got to talk about this Ben thing because he's being real childish. And I don't even really like to, you know, talk about people's character like that. But bro, you're not even, it's, there's certain things, man, that I just feel like as an adult or being in the business world, you just have to do, have to handle yourself in a specific way. And I just feel like he's not even doing good business right now. Nah, bro. Like, I remember you was in school in like maybe like sixth to ninth grade, you get in trouble. It's like, ah, whatever, like you young. Mm-hmm. And then you get to ninth and above, and like you get in trouble with school, and you kind of like, damn, I got I might have some consequences at the crib. Right. You ain't really worried about them doing like that because you know it's your folks. Mm-hmm. They even even if you draw and doing some wild stuff, like they still your folks. Like y'all gonna come to some type of agreement. But if you still in that same school and you fucking up and you on a team, getting suspended from school ain't the same as getting kicked out of practice. 
Yeah. That is a sin getting kicked out of practice. Because now it's like, well, damn, do I even come back the next day? Do they want me to come back? Like, how am I supposed to handle this? And he ain't handling it right, dog. I'm just... Like, I get it. If you're going to be in that joint, you're going to be lackadaisical. I get it. You don't want to be there? Cool. Bare minimum, you showed up. You're not drawn. You are drawn, but you're not doing, you know, you're not doing the most. Cool. I mean, cell phone in the pocket, that's a bit much, bro. We're not not playing big. You're too old for that. We're not playing tornado. Damn sure ain't 100 on the ball because you ain't going to make it. (laughs) You know that. You ain't going to shoot it. That, I mean, Doc let him rock. I feel like Doc let him rock off of that. He did. He did. And that's why he told – I think that's why he kicked him out because it's like, all right, bro, like I, I've been letting shit slide, and now you te- now you just test – now you just want to be a dick. Now you just want to test me. Now you want to see what you can do. And you're not about to be detrimental to this team that I didn't build and that I'm trying to get ready for opening night. I, you, you're not going to do that. But my question to you, like obviously you've been in locker rooms – you know, guys that played in the league. If you were in that Sixers locker room, how are you? How are you like? Like you know, Joel came out and said what he said. It's he not? It, it's not no daycare. He not a babysitter. He don't really care about boy no more. And I feel him on that because at, 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 at the end of the day, he's trying to focus on winning and focus on the season. He knows he's going to be here. So, bro, you messing with what I'm trying to figure out right now? I get that. But you personally, what do you think you would feel in the locker room if you're, you know, you know Tobias Harris. So what do you think is going on in that locker room? I just, I just don't think, like, I feel like it would depend on who the player is. And, like, you can tell what players on the Sixers feel what type of way through their very small, short answers when when this guy is brought up. Mm-hmm. Heard Seth Curry. You know, I'm just here to be the best player I can be. Focusing on what we're doing to build here. You know, the guys that are here, we're going to play hard. Ding, ding, ding. That's uh, that's number one. Matisse, they asked him, Matisse Thibault, the fellow Australian. He played in the Olympics. That's another layer of this whole thing. You don't even want to represent your country. It's one thing to not want to be with your NBA team. But to have a chance to go play in the Olympics is something that's not an option for everybody. You're the face of your country as well for the sport. And you don't play. That's weird. So they asked Matisse Stiebel, what you think about that? I mean, I live in my own world, man. And that's the that's the personality of Matisse Stiebel. But he's probably behind the scenes like, I, I don't know what to tell y'all. It ain't my place. Because he's still a young guy. So now you hear Tobias Harris talking. We already know what Embiid said. We already know how Embiid feel. He echoes the guys who don't feel like saying nothing. All those voices are his. <laughs> his voice is all those other players who ain't saying much. Then you got Tobias Harris who has the most interesting answers. You know, he's trying to play. He's trying to play the peacemaker. Because I feel like he's the guy in the locker room that's going to have to bring everybody and keep them focused mm-hmm. you know he took he took matisse under his wing yo this is how you be a pro so if i'm in that locker room bro i'm looking in that joint i'm like listen man coach let you rock first day with the phone in your pocket you ball 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 shot 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 box box it's like all right fine all right you, at least you here at least you're not being a distraction. You're not bringing. <laughs> you're not bringing a thousand lasers and shit all on our on our organization while we try and build something here. Mm-hmm. And then day two come around, it's like, all right, bro, like jump up in this drill. Nah, that's the movie record scratch moment. You're probably wondering how I got here. <laughs> and you can, and that can be either Doc or Ben in that situation. Yeah. Because now what he's doing is he's challenging the authority on the court in front of everybody. So even if you was the boy in the locker room who's like on the fence, like, ah, you know, you see that, it's like, all right, bro, like now you're drunk. Like, 
But you want to know the craziest part? Is that this whole thing, it's not Ben versus Tobias Harris. It's not Ben versus Joel Embiid. It's not Ben versus Doc Rivers. This is Ben Simmons versus Daryl Morey. And, and, and this is this is what it, he is. He is going to do everything in his power to try and make this situation as volatile as it can be to see if Daryl Moy is really about his word and is really going to keep him on the roster until he feels like he's going to get the deal that he wants. And it's like, I don't know if I'm happy about that. Or not because it's like I love what Daryl's doing and I love the fact that, you know, he's going to try and make sure that we get the most for Ben Simmons. But it's like at what cost? And I don't know, like, I don't even know if there's any legitimacy that the league will jump in. I just don't. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a contract like, you know, and he's under contract. I think they're just going to let the Sixers handle this. It's not like we're in a situation where we got a young GM and he doesn't know what he's doing and a young owner, like first time owner. I don't think we're in that situation. I think we're in a little bit different situation than before with Sam Hankey. Um, But I, I just don't know, man. I don't know what's the best situation for us to do. I just don't know how we handle this. Well, I need to ask you some questions. God damn it. <laughs> That's what I feel like. I thought like you asked you some questions. So, like, you've been watching basketball for a while, right? Yeah. You've seen, would you say you've seen your fair share of things that, you know, don't happen often in the NBA? Like, things that, like, are super memorable, like stamp moments in the league. Yeah. You know, like Kobe's 81. Mm-hmm. You remember that. The book 70. Crazy moments. Countless Bron moments. A lot of them, Jones. Ray Allen shot. Like, just, you know, a lot of crazy things. You remember, like, some of the off-court shit, though? Like, obviously, you remember the mouse in the palace. Yeah, and then Gilbert Arenas with the guns in the locker room. Obviously, That's a good one. I'm glad you brought that up. Oh shit! <laughs> Did Gilbert like get kicked out the league off of that? Would you say he got kicked out the league? Because I, would I mean, say- basically, he ba- he got suspended. He got suspended that whole year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was still going. He still came back and played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No knee injuries and all that. Took him out. You remember that Chris Paul to the L.A. draw? Yeah. yeah I know I, you remember that, John. Yeah, because, like, the commissioner came in and was taking over for a team that had no owner. True. That's the last time I seen somebody step in for something like that. Thanks. All those things that I named or that we were just talking about are just, like, you know, things that, like, most NBA fans remember. Then you got this thing going on with Ben Simmons. <clears throat> so, like, I need to know, like, do you feel like Maury is playing the cards right? Because I'm starting to feel kind of weird about this. Because, like, I get the whole Ben Simmons want to, you know, stick it to Daryl Morey thing. But, like, if there was a, a pie chart or, like, a, a, a percentage, like, how much – of this, do you think the win is going to be for Daryl Morey versus Ben Simmons? See, I think it really depends because like we talked about last week, last week, right? The possibilities aren't really endless, but there's a drastic difference between what possible, what possible trade will transpire. So if Daryl Morey ends up trading for Damian Lillard at the trade deadline for Ben Simmons, Daryl Morey wins. Well, Daryl Morey wins. He's not going nowhere. But what I'm saying is he's saying that now. Okay. Well, let me so ask if, if we get to that point to where Dame somehow has an epiphany and realizes that he's 
he can't win in Portland and he wants to go win somewhere else. And he sees how, what, what talent Embiid has and what young pieces we have in Philadelphia that he could actually win with. And that may entice him. He may want to go there. He may see what we're doing throughout the season, even, even in a volatile situation and say, I think I, I think I can flourish there. But if we find ourselves in a situation where things stay stagnant and stay, and stay the same as they are now, and we end up tr- making a trade that we could have made four months ago, then what? Then I I think Ben really won because now you've you've put all this trauma on your team for no reason. So it's it's a swing at the bat. He's he's swinging for the fences, and he better hope and pray to whoever he pray to that 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 it's a home run. I'm glad you said that because now I feel like we're eventually going to come to a point where we're going to have a conversation and I'm going to be the one defending Daryl Morey for whatever the fuck he gets back for Ben Simmons, because this is what I think is going to happen. I need to let you know. I need you to tell me if I'm tripping, if this is possible, if it's a thing that (laughs) ain't happen, because I'm just sitting here, bro. And I'm looking around, I'm, I'm looking at the league. And the league is kind of like a bunch of owners who got the same options of people to date or places to go. You know, and you hear like, oh, so-and-so is a really good restaurant. Let's go to that joint. And every time you try to go there, it's booked. So you can't get the players that you want. You can't get the table that you want. Right? Yeah. And then every year they get to this big old ball and they all get together and they just talk about shit. But they also got group chats. They got their own back channels and people that they fuck with. What organization does it? Mm-hmm. If I'm a different organization that is not the Philadelphia Sixers and I'm in the market to go get players, if I'm watching a guy who's disgruntled and shit's starting to hit the fan a little bit and he's walking out of practice, he's undermining my coach, he's only here so we don't find him more, do you think teams are going to sit there and be like, well, even if we do think we can get him to shoot or he will come and be the player that we think he can be, do we want that headache? Like everyone saw, everyone always says Kyrie Irving is a super distraction and does this and that. And okay, maybe he is. But this, this Ben Simmons thing, people go get Kyrie right now, vaccinated, unvaccinated, because they know what type of player he is. Even through all the disgruntled shit, Boston, Cleveland, wherever Bron's at, all that shit. You still know what he's going to be, even when he took mental health days last year. So do you think if an organization is going to be like, ah, Daryl Moore on the phone offering me Ben Simmons, but like, I don't know if I want to deal with that. So now Daryl Moore is going to have to take a fucking a Doritos Cool Ranch and, and super cheesy deal. And then what happens? Like, if y'all end up with, like, some weird shit, some Marvin Bagley package or something weird. I don't know, man. I just, I I see what you're saying, but I think some of that shit is overhyped sometimes. Like, I and think, I and, I, and I think, I think there's going to be, just like with every situation and draft picks as a whole, I think there's going to be some owners that are going to be like, ah, I think I'm cool. And then there's going to be some owners that are going to be willing. Look, I'm I'm here for the talent. I can deal with the other shit. But I think the owners that are out on Ben Simmons are the owners that were already going to be out on him from jump. So that's why I don't think that's going to be as much of an issue because this isn't anything new. We reports of him being uncoachable um, and being a nuisance has has been centric around him for years now. So I don't think this is anything new, to be honest. So I, I don't think that that's going to be as much of an issue as, as you're claiming it to be. So I'm tripping. A little bit. I mean, like, you're not tripping because so. it is a I hope. <laughs> I hope I'm tripping. I'm I not- hope it doesn't dilute. I, I, I pray that it doesn't dilute the type of compensation that we'd be able to get from other teams. Like, I, I really hope not. Like, imagine if... 
the deal, like obviously the deal, whatever it's going to be, is not going to be something that everyone's going to be happy with. Yeah. Because people always assume that great talent gets traded for great talent, and it never really happens like that. It's very rare, if ever. But I want to know from you, like, how are you going to approach the deal whenever it comes, regardless of the players? Like, if it's not a deal that you're initially happy with, are you going to be able to understand why? Are you going to be cool with it? I don't know, bro. Because, like, I feel like, <laughs> no, real rap, though, because I really don't know. Like, I feel like I'd really have to take time and really analyze. Like, because I've gotten to the point where, you know, I used to be a fan where I just react to everything and just like emotionally react and be like, oh my God, like, what did we get? But like now I'm, I'm starting to get to the point where I'm more logical and thinking and trying to figure out, okay, what is their angle? Because there's always an angle for why teams make a move. It's sometimes, you know, fans don't understand it because you're not, you're looking at it from the angle of we just want to win games. We want to win an NBA championship and teams are thinking, yeah, we want to win a championship, but there's also ways to build and get to that point, right? So sometimes I, I feel like that's the way I need to be. I'll try to think, and hopefully I'll be in the right space to be able to think like that. And I just, I hope we get a, like at least a score. I need somebody who's going to shoot the bitch. Like we're probably not going to get something back defensively for Ben Simmons, but I think the Sixers know that. And I think that's one of the reasons why the Sixers got um, Matisse Thybul. And one of the reasons why they're trying to progress him very quickly and why he got so many minutes in the playoffs, because they feel like, look, we don't know what's going on with Ben, but this is a guy who has similar potential to be that defensive stopper that Ben is, and we can groom this kid. So those are the types of things that I think Daryl Morey and the Sixers organization are thinking about with all these deals that are on the table. So, Well, I feel like you got practice with this already. With, with like the handling of a deal, initial reaction versus the long scope of things. Because like... Here he go, man. Like, Here I'm, he go. I'm you just, love bringing up old shit, yo. I'm just thinking back, man. What you want me to do? I'm just trying to make comparables to the comparisons of the comparables. <laughs> you got to do, do it when you do it. You got practice with this. You was there. You was watching the draft when the Eagles started trading around and trading back and trading up and getting Dolphins pigs and all this weird shit. And you were mad. What the fuck are we doing, man? <laughs> Lombardi doing, what the hell is going on out here? <laughs> now it's, yo, we about to have three top 10 picks, yo. We crazy for that, yo. This shit about to fall crazy. <laughs> so you're going to have to have that same approach with this Ben situation, especially if it's more picks than impact players at a right away. Because then that deal turns into, oh, we traded Ben Simmons for, I don't know, Karis LeVert, Malcolm Brogdon, these, 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 these picks, and those picks end up turning into who fucking knows. See, I don't have a problem with that. I have no, give me LeVert. Give me LeVert. Right. I, I, bro, people, bro, I would love LeVert on this team and Malcolm Brogdon. Those are two. Well, I mean, LeVert, I think, is a pure scorer. Like, I think Sixers fans should remember Karis LeVert very well. Do we not remember that Brooklyn series two years ago where he was, he was, he was, he was giving us hell in the first round of the playoffs? I think y'all down. Like, bro, like the people got not, come on now. Like, let's not forget who Karis LeVert is. There's a reason why Indiana took Karis LeVert. There's a reason why they, they wanted to get that guy. He's, he's a talent. And bring over Brogdon too. He solid guy. Come off the bench. I'm here for it. Maybe even star. He might he might be our starting point guard. Maybe. I don't know. But you mean? I mean, I mean, I, I don't think I wouldn't be opposed. I wouldn't be opposed. I don't think like I just feel like the approach is gonna to have to be something along the lines of just accepting that whatever you're gonna get is what you're gonna get because. Who knows what happens 
that first game in Philly. Like, who knows how he's received if he tries to play, if they let him play, who knows? But it's weird because, like, Malcolm Brogdon and Karis LeVert are two players who potentially could end up in Philly after killing Philly on two teams who were just in the Eastern Conference Finals and we got to see kick off the season. Literally. The Bucks and the Nets. And it's like, I watched that joint, yo. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, shit. The Bucks might be the clear-cut best team in the NBA. And I don't think – I don't think like, – I'm not going to overreact off of one game in the sense hey, of – Are you – No, no, not in the sense of how much they won, but just how, like, how much of a team they look. Like, it's game one. Like, you know how, like, 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 that's, like that's like watching the Eagles come out the first game in the season or any NFL team come out the first game of the season and not punt the ball with a whole bunch of new offensive players and go out and score 50. The additions that they have, you know, I don't fuck with Grayson Allen, but of course he fits in for the Bucks. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I love Jordan Nora, and of course he's going to be out there snapping for the Bucks. And I think the chemistry and cohesion that they have, especially because their core has been together for so long, I think that's going to put them probably number one in the power rankings for at least the first quarter of the season. Because they're going to be beating the shit out of everybody. Just because, one, they got Giannis, and he looks like he's a different type of player already this year. And two, that cohesion versus all the other big threat teams, they still have to use that first month to gel. They already, they already doctor shows. They're good. They're good to go over there. And, and, and he, said, he, he said they gelling. Oh, they're <laughs> gelling. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think you're far off. I mean, I think that Milwaukee's definitely looks like a good team. They look like a well put together team, but let's also be real. They don't have too many new additions. Like they kept most of the players that they won with last year. The only, I mean, PJ Tucker's not there. Cool. I mean, but that's really it. Dante DiVincenzo's not even fully back yet. So like they still have another player that they have to integrate into that, into that offense. Um, and Bobby Portis is still hurt as well. But I mean, I don't know. Like, I mean, yeah, they look good right now, but I think they look good because like you said, other teams haven't found the rhythm yet. And so that's cool. Like you can look good in the beginning of the season. That's great. It's very cute. But what does that mean going forward? What does that mean? Like, like, did you hit your ceiling already? Like, are you closer to your ceiling than other teams? Because yeah, you can look good right now, but if we're talking about the Nets or the Sixers potentially, or the heat, their ceiling could be higher. They could grow into something else. They could grow into a beast. And, you know, time will tell, only time will tell and answer these questions for us. But those are the type of things that I took away from the game. Like, yeah, you look good. You played good. You did what you're supposed to do. You handled your business. Now, how are you going to build on to this? How are you going to be better? I find that weird. Not that what you said, but just because I feel like a lot of people, probably me included, over the last couple of years have always looked at the Bucks like, Oh, yeah, that's just, like, the good regular season team. Like, they went from just, like, a good team to a good regular season to team to, like, oh, they're probably a really good regular season team, but they don't do it in the playoffs. And, and then it was, yeah, but they're not going to go that far. And then they get to the finals and it's, yeah, they're probably not going to win it. And then they win it. And it's now it's like, all right, this long trek up to the top, now they look like – the best quote-unquote team they surely don't have the best talent they don't have the best collection of talent but they have that cohesion and that glue that's going to keep them i think you know top three in the east and probably top three in the nba but 
the team that they were playing, you know, we might not see Kyrie come out and play at all, but I was looking at the Nets kind of funny, man. I, I don't, I don't, they look very stagnant. Not a lot of movement. Like when you saw the ball move for the Bucks, there's a lot of ball movement, a lot of off ball movement, and the ball was flowing to each side of the court. When you saw the Nets, you didn't see a lot of that. You saw Patty Mills coming off of the screen and scoring. You saw James Harden taking the ball in the ISO situation and scoring. You saw Kevin Durant taking the ball in the ISO situation and scoring. So, like, they're another team where it's like, okay. Like, we know that each one of these players can individually do what they've done their whole careers, but now how do you mesh that? Like, Steve Nash, what are you doing offensively to progress this team and their offense collectively? And that's what I was kind of disappointed that I didn't see last night, is like, does Kyrie mean that much? Does Kyrie at like add to this team to where like I guess you don't really have to worry about offensive flow because you just have too much so it just naturally exudes itself but now that you don't have Kyrie it's kind of like oh I kind of have to put pieces in the right place and manage this team and manage this offense I don't know am I tripping uh probably I mean, obviously, like, obviously, if Kyrie's not there, things look a little weird. Like, I mean, it's fucking Kyrie Irving. It don't help that Paul Millsap and LaMarcus Aldridge are coming off the bench and, like, they may end up having solid years for the Nets, but they are going to be unplayable against the Bucks, And that ultimately is what it probably is going to come down to in the Eastern Conference. That's fair. And that's not going to be the biggest issue because to me, yeah, Kyrie is valuable. Yeah, LaMarcus and them are probably going to be um, unplayable. But there's no Mike D'Antoni over there right now. Yeah. And that, say what, people can say what they want about him as a coach, his wins, his losses, does it, does, does the results, you know, outweigh how much hype he gets. The man knows offensive basketball. So when you lose that brain, even though you got about four big brains over there in that coaching staff, <laughs> you don't have to worry about, like, it's out of sight, out of mind. Like, oh, I know my receiver's coach is fucking Jerry Rice. I don't got to worry about anything he over there teaching. I don't got to worry about nothing. You would hope. You would hope. But now that... D'Antoni's not there. Now it's just Steve Nash and Jacques Vaughn big brain. Let's see how you mesh it now. Because now this is what a lot of people was worried about when Steve Nash took the job. What happens if it blows up? How is the young coach going to respond? And we're going to see what he's made of and what happens this year because the Nets are handling everything perfectly as best as they can. And he's saying what he can. But there's going to come a point behind the scenes where, you know, that shit, we thought the Draymond KD shit was juicy when they sat down and talked. Hmm. This shit going on here is going to be more juicy than that Ben Simmons stuff, man. Oh, I believe it. Because now you're, you're we're in the season now. Like We've been talking so long about is Kyrie going to play, is Kyrie not going to play. Like, we know he's not going to play. Steve Nash, what are you going to do? Because now, like, it looks like you got some pieces. Patty Mills, uh. Joe Harris is going to be at the ball. He's going to have to be the guy who's going to have to get his head out of his ass. Because he's not really shooting and, and making shots the way that he was accustomed to before he started shooting like Ben Simmons from three. But at least the Nets got shooting because I got a problem, yo. I know you do. No, like I really got a problem. Like I, I get you trying to like talk me down earlier, but it's like I don't know how many games I can handle with a starting lineup of Russ, Kent Bazemore, Bron, AD, and Demarcus. I mean, and, and DeAndre Jordan. Like I don't know. I don't know if I can handle that. 
Like, am I tripping? I mean, I told you. Like, I told you. I don't know what you told me. I don't worry. I, I told you. I, I'm sorry. I told you. I told you. I told you that this was going to be a very interesting situation. It's going to be, it would be very tough to mess. But what I'm telling you is that it was going to be tough for LeBron James and Russell Westbrook to both be starters and for it to mesh well and for it to work. But you told me, nah, you know, they're just going to pick and choose their spot. You, you, you broke it down so nicely and you told me that Russ was going to have the ball in his hand and he was going to, you know, they was going to push the offensive flow and all these other things. And he was going to pick it and choose his spots and it was going to work out so nicely. That's what you told me. That's what you told me. That's what you told us. But then we saw last night, Russell Westbrook not do that. He, he had a very, very bad night. Struggled mightily he played 35 minutes and he only had eight points (laughs) he had four assists he had four turnovers he had five boards he was 0 for four from three four of them johns he he threw up corner threes two or two or three of them were corner threes and he was four for 13 from the field you don't need that from him. That's not what you asked for. And unfortunately, I don't know. Is is the Laker fans right? Should Russ be coming off the bench? Because there was a lot of tweets in the Twitter sphere saying that Russell Westbrook should be coming off the bench in that second unit. Him and Melo running the second unit. Why not? Because it just it, it 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 was very very clear, and I know you saw it. It was very very clear that Russell Westbrook and LeBron James on the floor together ain't gonna be it this season. One, you're lying because I didn't see that because I had to work. So all I saw, <laughs> all I saw was the first couple plays <laughs> in the first quarter. And from what it sounds like, your description of the game sounds like I was right. It's just the results wasn't what we fucking needed. <laughs> it sounds like Russell Westbrook picked and, cho- pick and choose his spots because the man was taking 20 shots a game last year sometimes. So maybe, you know, 13 is probably not going to be the average, but I'm not, I'm not here to pick and choose how many shots the man takes. I am here to pick and choose how many threes he takes, though. Because I think, not even watching the game, I think his three attempts are going to be indicative of what the offense is going to be. And if the if if you look at the box scores and we see Russ with four to six threes a game, I feel like that means the defense probably won a quarter or two, which would leave us in a lot of tight games. Because that means... Russell Westbrook is, like you said, taking those threes in the corner. Which leads me to believe the man, he's not dribbling to the corner and shooting threes. He's receiving the ball as an off-ball guard with LeBron on the floor. Probably some opposite corner, screener rolls, Brian AD, AD. Yes, sir. Shit like that. That's my guess. Yes, sir. That's my guess. So if that's <laughs> going to be the offense, I need Frank Vogel to go find Mike D'Antoni because we need a fucking offensive brain in there. Because that means he's just going to allow the offense to be funneled to the corner to Russell Westbrook to allow him to either catch and shoot, which we don't need, catch and dribble, which we also don't need, because the man, as good as he is, as dynamic as he is, he still is a R2 down guy. Speed burst as soon as I catch the old guy, which is cool. That's who he is. That's what he is. That's the type of player he is. But a lot of that means he has to make smart, quick, decisive decisions on the weak side as the defense is rotating, which means I'm hoping that 
Frank Vogel's going to have someone cutting on the backside. Maybe a LeBron oop, some weird shit, hopefully. Or he's just going to be controlled and make controlled decisions. So if he's taking 13 shots and he's only making four or five, but those shots are middies, 15, 18 feet, off a catch and dribble, off a weak side penetration maybe, I can live with them. But I'm not going to live with them corner threes. No way, no how, bro. I don't need to see him hitting the – Hitting the all-star Russell Westbrook three, John. I don't need that. You mean you be fuck around, break a finger? He angry. <laughs> I will say though, like he didn't get he didn't get too many foul calls last night. He did get fouled a few times, and so I mean him getting to the line and maybe would have sparked some offensive flow. But I think a guy that did flourish in that, and I mean I don't think you like the way he played, but I thought Ken Bazemore. I mean. I don't think he should be taking eight threes a game. I, I honestly believe he, he should not. Eight threes. He he took eight threes. Yeah, he oh, he made two of them, Jones. I feel but like I think I feel like you're trying to lie to me because I didn't see the game. We want to talk shit about my guys. Okay. He took eight threes. Braun took eleven of them, Jones. Yeah. See, we're gonna have a problem. I just think, but but I will say though that that's what the game warranted. Like. They were forced in positions to take those threes because Jordan Poole was having a night. Like, like he was like he was having a night on a shaky ankle, at, at to say the least. Like he was hooping. Steph, like, yeah, Steph had a triple double. That's real cool. That's cute. Kudos to Steph. But the Warriors won that game last night because Jordan Poole played out of his mind in the third quarter. And the Lakers couldn't stop him. Like, the Lakers could not stop Jordan Poole. They were throwing everything at him. They were trying to blitz him off the high screen and roll. Wasn't working. He was. They were finding the open man, moving the rock. And I love the Bielitsa uh, pickup for the, for the Warriors. It reminds me of when the war, Warriors had uh, David Lee. It's a dangerous team. David Lee was a dangerous team. And that, that, how he stretched the floor for them because, you know, he could handle the ball a little bit and he could also, you know, stretch the floor. That's what I think B. Lisa could be for this team this year. I like Andre Gadala being back on that team, even though, you know, I, I got my thing with him, but I like him back on that team because he gives them some low post defense. They don't really, you know, they have Draymond Green, but they need another guy. Who, who, who's going to be stout on defense. And I think Andre Adal is that guy. But the Warriors looked really good last night, and they don't even have Clay back. I can't wait to see what happens. Because I think when you add Clay back to this team, it let Andrew, I think it's going to let Andrew Wiggins have a lot less pressure on him, and he's going to be able to be on the second unit and cook. It's going to be bad. It's going to be really bad. It probably is going to be bad. But what's worse is... LeBron James being the best three-point shooter in the starting five, and I'm not really here for that. What's that bad, was an issue. What, what's bad is only two players being in double digits. What's bad is <laughs> I I I don't want to overreact off of one game. I'm not going to do that because it's too much talent on the team for it to not get right, but I'm going to be interested to see, like, does Austin Reeves get any minutes at some point in time? Like, I was confused on why Malik Monk didn't get more minutes and why Vogel wasn't using Malik Monk in those same actions as Kent Bazemore. Like, that's literally what Malik Monk does. So I'm just confused on why you were running those actions, especially late in the game. You weren't throwing in a guy like Malik Monk. Like, maybe he's just not confident in him yet. Maybe he doesn't think that that's the role that he should play this year. But, like, what other role is Malik going to play? Like you were losing anyway. Like you, you didn't. Nobody else was giving you anything. If it wasn't AD or LeBron, they weren't giving you much offensively. So why not? In a sense, right? Or am I tripping? I mean, I'm hoping that Malik Monk ends up getting a lot more minutes and getting a bigger and, and larger role because he can be a microwave scorer when needed you know like 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 what i saw from Melo, 
in, in short, short times, you know, I, mm-hmm. I just love to see Melo back in the league. That's just me personally. Um, you know, he had a long, long trial to get back here. <laughs> he had a lot to deal with. He had a lot to deal with. But I got a question on the left field for you before we get out of here. Oh, snap. And it's like, like you know how when you get hype and you come out and you got a lot of hype around you? Yeah. And like you 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 live up to it, you do something that's great in your profession and everybody rocking with you. So you got to keep doing it. You got to keep doing it. You got to keep doing it. Your man dropped a tape. And, like, I'm not a big record sales fool. I mean, I don't really care about numbers and shit like that. But you do. You be lying. Nah. I just look at them as a small portion of, like, validation of the music. Like, are, are the people who listen in, like, are they receiving the same thing that I'm receiving? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Like, it wasn't a lot of people that was receiving that meat drone. And, like, I don't want to say it's a bad album off the record sales because that's just weird. But off of my ears, bro, I don't know how much replay value I got for that drone. I mean, bro, don't do that because, like, there's a lot of I, – I be – me personally, I play, like, probably three, four of them tracks, you know, every day. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. I, like, I feel like it's about three to five tracks on that joint that I rock with. But here's the thing, though. Like, and I get they're two different artists, but most people didn't tap into Tyler's joint. And how many people still bumping Tyler the Creator's new album? I mean, I am personally, but like, right. But that's what I'm saying. But I'm saying that's what I'm saying. Are most people obviously we people like me and you are? Yeah, we're bumping that shit, but. Is Joe Smo down the street? Is Sandy Hill down the street doing that? No, like she not. So it's like there's so much music out here. People aren't going to bump it every day. So the sales are always going to be skewed. But I think it was a solid project. Do I think it was his best project? No, I don't think it was his best. But I think it was solid. It was solid. Had a few misses on there. Some Johns that he shouldn't have put on there. Some people he should have had on there but didn't. But it was still a solid project. There's still a decent amount of songs that I that I thought were hot. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad album, but given the the the, the volume and hype of the album, like like Tyler's Jones going to be Grammy nominated. That's fair. You know what I mean like there's been some albums that have been released this year that I think obviously are better than that Jones, but it's just. That's what I'm saying. That's who also, bro, because like if this was just meat dropping on an off year and there wasn't all this other elite shit out right now, like it would your viewpoint on the whole thing would be different. But because so much like, bro, let's really go like Cole dropped, Baby Dirt dropped, like Drake dropped, like Adele about to drop. Bro, all these people is dropping, bro. So it's like you you looking at it through a prism where it's like, well, damn, like, what what is this ain't enough? (laughs) 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 And me told you to make it enough because it's just like I'm trying. I'm trying. (laughs) I'm not like I'm not saying that I don't listen to that drone because there's definitely some drones on there, like tweaking my favorite drone on there. Shout out to Vori and them. But it's just like, I'm just like, damn, I need a little bit. I wanted a little <laughs> bit more on that joint, man. Because, like, I love when he, yeah, when he starts sounding, you know I mean, stressed out. <laughs> he gave you flamers flow. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here for that. <laughs> but I think, I think all, all that means is, like, the year in music is nuts. Oh, yeah, for sure. The year in music is nuts. And, like. Like you said, we had Drake and Yay damn near in the month. We got Adele on the horizons. Summer Bruno, Walkers. Joint, Summer Bruno. Walkers. Hendrick. Maybe. I don't know. Stop I don't it. believe it. Bro. Bro. I just, just don't I don't get I can't. Bro, he not about to play with my emotions again. He do this all the time and saying he's gonna try. Like I hope so. I pray. 
that he drops. New flow's coming. Be patient, nigga. You heard him. Just, <laughs> I mean, patience is a virtue, man. It's a virtue. I guess so. But we're going to see. Man. I, mean, I guess that's why it's TBD, dog. It is TBD, but that Kendrick coming, though. Don't get it fucked up. <laughs> oh, a quick sidebar. Drew Holiday cost me the bread. I don't want to hear nothing about it, man, for the foreseeable future. It's, out. it's done. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> and uh, also, sidebar, yo, Fandu, can you let me on the drawing, please? Like, damn. God nah. damn. <laughs> <laughs> This not enough. Woo woo woo. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Fuck this. One more